Good morning. It's time to wake up, y'all. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 Central to 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central. Available on Google Android, Apple iPhone, Facebook Live, and Periscope Twitter. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. Take us anywhere you go. The Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for Southern Sports Talk. Good morning. I'm Mac McGee, and I don't know much, but I know one thing. We are one day away from the election, so this can finally be over. Blue, red, whatever you are, I think we're all feeling a little purple today. You said you wanted to know how to get Capone. Do you really want to get him? You see what I'm saying? What are you prepared to do? Everything within the law. And then what are you prepared to do? If you open the ball on these people, Mr. Nash, you must be prepared to go all the way. Because they won't give up the fight until one of you is dead. I want to get Capone. I don't know how to get him. Want to get Capone? Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The All-American Man. Hey, howdy, hi. Top of the morning to you. Welcome to the Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. I'm Mac McGee and Justin Waller uh, will probably not make it to he. He's going to try. He uh, had some issues at work. And uh, I'm going to grab the wheel. Uh, I will say this. Doug will be with us top of the hour. His uh, Raiders got a big, big win today. We're going to react to games. We're going to react to games on Saturday. We're going to react to the debacle that was the University of Florida and and, uh, Missouri getting into an all-out brawl and the fallout from that. So we look forward to that. Uh, We're going to talk about some of the, uh, the NFL games yesterday. You know, you, you Ravens, Steelers, big game there. Bills, Patriots. What does this mean for the Patriots going forward? And uh, Bucks, Giants is tonight. And though it may not sound like a big game, it's a game that the Buccaneers definitely have got to get the W in. They cannot afford to take an L. And uh, we'll see how uh, Daniel Jones will fare up against a very formidable. Tampa Bay Bucker de- Tampa Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense, excuse me, uh, as we get going here this morning. The first thing I want to talk about is the AFC South. Uh, Bengals upset the Titans. They uh, take them out 31-20. Tennessee looked like that they were asleep. I really feel like that they weren't even. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take anything away from the Bengals. Okay. But nine times out of ten, Tennessee beats that team. But this is the second game in a row, and this is the fourth game this year that I've seen Tennessee come out sleepwalking. And I'm starting to wonder what the hell's going on. I think Vrabel's a fine coach, don't get me wrong. But what is going on pregame where these guys have their head up their ass? And they go into the game, a game against Cincinnati. They had to have known that this was going to be a hard-fought game. The Bengals may not have the best record, but the Bengals have played some really good football. And so I, I just, I, I'm at a loss on why they played so poorly. But the bottom line is 
They're now tied with the Colts. The Colts get a win that I did not think they were going to get. I thought the Lions would upset them. I know the Lions were underdogs at home, but I thought the Lions would upset them. I really thought that uh, uh, Detroit tr- Detroit played flat, I thought. We'll get more thoughts on that later in the week with Sean uh, as he uh, follows both teams very intently. So I'll, I'll save that for for a Wednesday. Uh, but looking at you know the landscape of of what went on yesterday, especially in the AFC South, obviously the Jaguars and the uh, Texans were off. So you now have a a tie atop the AFC South, two teams sitting there at five and two. The rest of that division is abysmal. They're one and six. It's a two-team race now. It is exactly a two-team race. These two teams, by the way, will meet a week from Thursday on Thursday Night Football. So we're, we're actually going to get a really good Thursday Night Football game for once, right? Uh, or, or at least a really good matchup. You, you can't always guarantee the game's going to be good, but the matchup you like. So we look forward to that. The other thing I wanted to jump off on is this. What in the hell is going on in the NFL where they are allowing these fake slides and I don't know if y'all saw this yesterday but Russell Wilson did it where he looked like he was going down for a slide and he faked him out and he went for a few more yards Patrick Mahomes did it the week before I haven't really brought this up yet but it is time for the NFL to step in it's got to be some kind of an unsportsmanlike penalty it's got to be because the sportsman rule of it is once you begin your slide, you're giving yourself up so you don't get hit. And when you fake slide, bare minimum, it should be the guy's down where he's at, where he, where he begins to even start the slide, to fake the slide. But I really think it should come down to now. I think it should be honest engine. I think we're, I think it should be a 15-yard unsportsmanlike penalty. Because then I don't want to hear this. Well, then then they've got then the defenders have to make sure they tackle through. Because when the defenders do that, you throw a flag at them. You say you're hitting them too hard. You're playing football too real. You can't do this to the to, to the quarterbacks. Because this is turned into nothing but you know the NFL is just basically turned into a fantasy football show. We, we no longer get the hard nose, hard defense that we used to get in the NFL. Pittsburgh versus the Ravens is the closest thing we're going to get. But even there, you saw certain caveats being made to where they're still leaning towards the offense. So they've got to get rid of the fake slides. The other thing I want to tip off here on, on, uh, uh, first of all, Dalvin Cook, what a day did he have? Did anyone see Minnesota going in and beating Green Bay? I know Sean didn't. He took, he had him as their as their pick. That, yesterday was a really really funky day in the NFL, not just for pickums, but also uh, fantasy football. There were only a couple of shining stars, and if you had those shining stars, you probably did well. If you did not, you probably didn't do well. It was just one of those days. I had one of my lowest scoring weeks across the board in fantasy football yesterday. I, I, I woke up this morning and looked at it. I don't have that many shares of what's going on tonight to make a difference. And I was looking at my scores across the board. As many of y'all know, I'm in several fantasy leagues. But uh, 
I was shocked at how low all the scores was because I don't really look at the scores on Sunday. I get up Monday morning and do it. Because when you're in this many leagues, this, eh, you know, don't be the clown sitting there on the couch staring at one. You know, st- look, it's one thing if you're only in a couple leagues. I get it. But, I man, there are clowns that I know that have their phones go off for every fantasy touchdown that happens. Really? Really? You're going to keep up with that? So what ends up happening is that they don't watch the games. They watch their phones. They watch their phones for the statistic. They never actually see the plays. But so I, I always wake up Monday morning. Sometimes I'll Sunday night. Uh, I could have done it last night because the game last night was so bad. And I didn't have any, hardly any shares in there. But uh, me and my wife decided to watch this terrible movie. Ugh. Netflix tricked me, man. Netflix tricked me. What the hell was that thing called? Holiday? Ugh. It looked like it had a fairly decent cast. I get it that it was supposed to be a, uh, a romantic comedy. But for it to be a romantic comedy, it's got to be funny. It, it just, it, it, it was bad. It was like Hallmark Movie Channel bad. It was bad. Uh, we sat through it, though, because my wife does enjoy stuff like that. So, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll sit through it. I, I even made a crack, and she said, I've sat through plenty of junk with you. And I said, fair enough. And I, so I sat there and watched it with her. Um, but it's bad. Don't watch Holiday. Male, female, it's bad. It's a terrible movie. Um, I think she was just happy that we weren't watching something that was uh, geared more towards men. Which, look, I don't mind. I really don't mind the uh, the romantic comedy. I think it's a good genre when it's done well and when things are well fu- well placed and and uh, and uh, thought out and you know written well. But I'm telling you right now, ugh, brutal. Uh, but anyways, so I didn't go through my fantasy lines. I decided to give it a rest. I woke up early this morning, and I looked at it, and I was like, man, these are some of the lowest scores. And I'll win some, and I'll lose some. But just across the board, it was a bad day for fantasy. The other thing is, so not only do we have the worst Sunday night football game that I can ever remember, I don't ever remember being so uninterested in a game. And then I had it on in the background while we were watching the movie, and it was worse than advertised some of those plays were just ridiculous we're going to talk more about it in the second hour but i mean it was just it was absurd it was absurd it was a comedy of errors it did not look like two national football league teams that's all i'm saying these two teams do not look like the national football league and so the other thing you had was uh i, th- I think we got to start asking the question y'all remember when in the summer one of the biggest questions that was asked routinely was, is it Brady or is it Belichick? Is it Brady or is it Belichick? And what was the number one thing that everyone, I'm telling you to a man, most people kept saying it was Belichick. Brady's a good quarterback. He's a very good quarterback, but they never wanted to give him his props. They wanted to tell you how big of a genius Belichick is. The tables have turned. I'm not going to blame Belichick for this season, okay? First of all, I've said to a man, this season for every coach is a wash because of of COVID and all the other weird stuff they had to go through. But you're starting to see how Brady – there's two things in play. Brady made Belichick's job a hell of a lot easier, and Cam Newton is making Belichick's job a hell of a lot more difficult. I think they would be better off – 
maybe going the Stidham route the rest of the way, see what they have in Stidham, and so so they can decide whether or not they want to go with a different quarterback in 2021, whether it's draft, whether it's free agency. There's a couple of names that are going to come on the market. You can always make a trade. I think Belichick only really needs a solid quarterback to win. He doesn't need a Brady, but you can't give him this Cam Newton junk where this guy's a turnover machine. He once again had a terrible, terrible day. I mean, it was absolutely asinine that the the final play, the turnover that he had, my God. I mean, if I'm a Patriot fan, I'm, I'm at, I'm, I'm up at arms. I'm, I'm furious. You had the game at least a tie. You at least had a tie right there. And this guy is not a rookie. This guy is a flat-out veteran that has been... He's been to the Super Bowl. And the first thing we see... I mean, it was moments after that game, or maybe it was an hour. I don't remember, but I was watching, I believe, Red Zone. And I was in the kitchen cooking... And uh, I turn around, I hear the interview, I look around, and here we go with Miss Medea slash The Mask, whatever the hell you want to call Cam Newton, where he's got these ironic eyeglasses that you know have nothing to do with his sight, this big brimmed hat that I'm telling you right now was not intended for males. And he's in there just, oh, poor woe is me, hardly wanted to answer a question, dauber in the dirt, and I'm like, dude... You cannot dress like a rocket and then come on there and act so solemn. You, There's something missing up, upstairs with Cam Newton. I, I've got my hunches, but I'm gonna, I'll, I'll leave that off air. But <clears throat> regardless of what's going on with Cam Newton, he's not getting the job done. His wardrobe is ridiculous. He's not a leader. And even that little stupid speech that he made is, what did he say? Uh, this is unacceptable in this state, this region, this country, this universe, whatever the hell he said. I'm like, eh, well, first of all, calm, calm down. The Red Sox were, were really bad this year, too. So don't act like they, there's never losing in, in the uh, New England area. And, you know, you forget, too, that uh, you know, UMass plays football in that area. So um, let's calm down about that. But But the other thing would be, him making that statement on Friday or Saturday, you better come out like gangbusters. He looked lackluster again. He is not, he had the one good game against Seattle and everyone got excited, right? And some of us started thinking, man, maybe we were wrong. And what we didn't realize at the time was how bad that Seattle defense was. Seattle even gave up 27 points to a San Francisco offense that isn't producing a lot of points yesterday. Now, yeah, they won the game going away. But Seattle's going to have some issues on defense all year long. Russell Wilson's going to have to uh, outscore his opponent every single game. I think that'll eventually be be the death of him in the in, you know in the playoffs. You can't you can't play like that in the playoffs on defense and expect to go very far. But that's a different conversation for a different day. But Cam Newton, man, it's time for him to sit. It's time to find out what you got in the young kid. And if you don't have anything, which you may not, you know the best thing comes out of it. You get a really high draft pick, and maybe you draft a uh, a quarterback. Because right now we don't know who the, you know, everyone knows Trevor Lawrence, but there's the guess would be Justin Fields, but we don't have a real 
good knowledge of who's going to be one through five because they haven't gone through the combines and whatnot. And you never know, you know, people surprised. I didn't think Justin Herbert would do as well as he did. They, uh, Justin Herbert had another good game yesterday. His defense let him down, but you know, I did not expect to get that kind of production out of Justin Herbert. By the way, to that point of the Pac-12, the Pac-12 comes back this week. So we're I'm excited about that. Even more college football gives us uh, – because, you know, without non-conference games, there are some dud weekends. This last weekend was kind of one of those dud weekends. We got some great weekends coming up, including this weekend. It's Florida-Georgia week. It doesn't have that same feel that it normally does here in Jacksonville where the place is rocking. I still think you're going to get a decent amount of people come in this weekend. I think you're going to see see them show up Wednesday uh, like they normally do. It may just not be as much, but I think you're going to get uh, – I always call it Trailer City. I don't know. They've got another nickname for it. But the area outside of um, the Jacksonville football stadium, it's, it's just a full-blown trailer park. Uh, where, where, where people are just drunk and doing meth and everything, getting ready for the Florida-Georgia game. Uh, I, I I suspect that's going to be fairly busy. Busier than, than uh, what I thought it would have been a, few, you know, a couple of months ago. So we look forward to that game. We'll be talking more about that this week. Uh, and we're going to take a quick break because when we come back, college football's on the docket. There were some things that happened this weekend that I liked to some things that I didn't like. And we're going to talk about that when we come back here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here on CBS Sports Radio. We will be back in a flash. Here's to feeling good all the time. Do you love to shop for guns? We're also looking for friendly service? Well, the search is over. Top Gun Supply here in St. Augustine is the friendly gun shop. The staff is very knowledgeable. Frank and Kirk can answer whatever questions you may have and assist you with your AR build. They have a great selection of ammo at great prices. They also carry a full line of targets, cleaning supplies, Lucas Oil products, and firearm magazines. Top Gun Supply is a Glock Blue Label dealer for military and first responders. So what are you waiting for? Stop on by Top Gun Supply of St. Augustine, 525 State Road 16, here in the Westgate Plaza. Top Gun Supply, the friendly gun shop. This is Sean O'Toole with the Armchair Quarterback. Catch me during drive time on the Armchair Quarterback radio show and on Facebook Live. NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, the National Football League, Big Ten and college football, and more. We cover it all. It's the new and improved Armchair Quarterback Radio app. Download us today on Google Android, Apple iPhone. Take us anywhere you go and everywhere you go. The best sports talk show in all the Southeast. So good you can't believe it's not everywhere. Armchair Quarterback Radio. Your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. 100% taste, 0% artificial preservatives. Made with a blend of delicious oil, purified water, just a pinch of salt. Two, please. Spread on some extra. I'm here all day. New and improved. Armchair. 
It's time to believe. The Armchair Quarterbacks cover the Big 12. Big news and big games all year long. History of Oklahoma is about winning championships. We play well in the Orange Bowl. You can't say, well, that was then, this is now. That's Oklahoma football. Looks right. Throws deep right side. It is intercepted. 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 Unhitch the wagon. Put the ponies in the board. The Sooners have come into Rocky Top and stolen one away from the Volunteers in double overtime. And Texas will win the All-State Sugar Bowl. It's going to be a 10-win season for the first time since 2009 in a New Year's Six Bowl victory. All the way going down the line with it. Keeps it. Turns up field. First down. Breaks loose. They score. Touchdown. Fourth and five. The national championship on the line right here. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Vince Young scores. I hear these fools on TV talking about defund the police and things like that. We need police reform and prison reform and things like that. I'm like, wait a minute, who, who are black people supposed to call? Ghostbusters? When we have crime in our neighborhoods? Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. And for those of y'all that missed the Florida-Missouri game, we're going to start with that because the game was so hum. It's what it's what I figured. I figured Florida would, uh, you know, out outclass Missouri uh, on the field. They, you know, the, Missouri just just does not have that good of an offense. Their defense isn't terrible, but their but their offense is just lackluster at best. But right at the half, the Gators. Uh, Kyle Trask, quarterback, was hit late. Now, it wasn't late hit, but I'm going to tell you right now, it wasn't as egregious as they made it out to be to start a fight. Some pushing and shoving, I would have got, right? But to have a full-blown melee, um, I've seen a lot worse hits. And you have to go take... You you got to take the, the, the referees to task... And not do what ensued. Here's a quick clip of what happened at the half. That was Coach Mullen, and now this is starting to get a little bit out of hand. Yeah, Florida needs to get out of here. They got a big game next week against Georgia, and I think that's what Dan Mullen was trying to do is prevent any any one of his players from doing something stupid. This is getting ugly. There's punches being thrown. Yeah, that's getting beyond ugly. That's another one thrown. Zachary Carter in there for Florida. Oh, this, is, this is getting bad. I mean, there's going to be some severe ejections. This is absolutely the last thing that Dan Mullen wanted for his ball club going into the cocktail party next week. And they are having a whole lot of problems trying to break this up. And something happened after that play that incited Dan Mullen and the Gator squad. And I believe Kyle Trask. Okay, so basically, if you have not seen the video, it was a full-blown brawl. Uh, both sides, coaches involved. And the worst part about the entire thing was I understood why the Gator players were, were upset and, the, you know, the pushing and shoving, okay, and then the fighting, okay, you know, one guy throws a punch and you feel like you have to throw a punch, okay, I get that. But the problem here is this. First of all, Missouri is not doing anything this year. Florida's got a chance to get to the SEC championship game, okay? 
When this breaks out, the coaches from the University of Florida should have been pulling them back and getting them the hell out of there because now you're facing possible suspensions. We'll find out more probably today is, is what I'm reading right now uh, on, the, on, on the suspensions uh, because they're going over video and whatnot. And it looks like that there's going to be a release today. But even if it's one guy, whatever the hell it is, you don't want to have a suspension even if it's just for the first half of the next game, because it's Georgia, it's your biggest game of the year. Even from a rivalry standpoint, it's your biggest game from of the year. But from a from a practical standpoint, it is the biggest game of the year. Your rivalry standpoint, they don't even play Florida State this year. Not that I think Florida would have much problems with them, but you never know in a rivalry game, goofy things happen. But Georgia has been their bugaboo. They've got to get over that hump to be considered SEC East elite again. They've got to be able to beat Georgia and they've gotten manhandled physically recently against the Bulldogs. And I don't know if maybe that played into the mindset of what, what caused this fight. You know, last year we watched the Georgia game and Georgia really pushed them around like ragdolls. And maybe that has been a theme at practice and maybe that's what set them off. And okay, I get that. But Dan Mullen's got to be the one guy that had, keeps his head on straight, corrals them, and says, guys, get back. You're costing us the entire season. And to make it even worse, as he's going into the tunnel, he stops this is, because this is at the end of the half. Mullen stops, turns back around, and like some WWE promo, starts raising his arm and jumping up and down to get the uh, crowd inside it. What the hell does that do? First of all, you're doing it, and then you're going to go in, in, into the tunnel for 25 minutes, and then you're going to come out. It's not going to have any kind of repercussions, right? Second of all, Florida was going to win the game. They had the game pretty much in hand. It was 27. Missouri was showing no no ability to score, and it just he looked like an ass. And this is the second time he's looked like an ass in less than a month. Remember, packed the swamp, and then he turned around. As, as, as soon as he said, pack the swamp, it seemed like the entire country spiked to the, the highest COVID numbers ever. So, um, Tony chimed in, said no RV city stadium lots do not open until 1230 Z. I don't, I, I asked back, but I do not know what Z stands for, but there's going to be trailer park city. There's going to be trailer park city. It's, it may not be specifically where it is right now, uh, where it tends to be, but, but, but the trailer park is going, the rolling trailer park is, is going to happen. You can't have university and university, of university of Florida and university of Georgia fans get together in the city of Jacksonville and there not be some rolling meth lab. That's it's going to happen. So Jacksonville still open. It's not like they're going to come to this city and not have anything to do. They have the ability to go to restaurants. It's going to take a downtick, sure. You're not going to have the same numbers you've had, but I still think it's going to be much more livelier than what people think because, first of all, the election ends tomorrow, so everyone's going to get that crap off their brain. And they're going to... Once this election ends tomorrow, and I don't know if we're going to get an actual winner or loser by the end of Tuesday night. I think we'll have an idea of who, who won, but an actual conceding... From, from the other side, whoever wins, I don't know. That might stretch out a week. But the fact, I think most Americans will know who have won. And when that happens, 
we're going to be able to put a lot of this crap to bed and everyone's going to start getting excited for things like the Florida Georgia game. They're also going to get excited for Thanksgiving, Christmas, etc. It's almost going to feel like 2020 has finally come to a damn end because the election infection, uh, we'll see if they continue to spike those numbers. But, uh, my guess is we're going to start seeing a lot of this stuff go away. But, um, once we find out from Tony what Z stands for, I don't really know what 20, 1230 Z stands for. But anyways, um, I don't know if he's talking about the the day of the game would be a guess. I don't know. I don't know what the Z stands for. But anyways, um, back to what I was saying with Mullen. Mullen Mullen's just got to be a better leader. He's a good football coach. We all know that. But this stems back all the way from, from last summer when he, when he had the rapist on campus and the defensive back that ended up transferring back out of the University of Florida because he felt like that Mullen and his staff didn't have the players' best interests at heart. Mullen comes off. I'm not saying this is because I don't know the man, but he comes off as someone it win at all cost, and that's going to start to piss off some University of Florida boosters because most boosters actually went to that school. And you start getting embarrassed. It happened at FSU. You start getting embarrassed when your name starts getting logged in every time. Every time that there's an issue, University of Florida gets lopped in, and that's going to start embarrassing, especially from a university that's so well renowned from the uh, medical community, right? And so he's saying the thing that he did about COVID. That's that's an issue. As long as he wins, he's going to be okay to a degree. But you can't be inciting riots and whatnot, whatever the hell he was doing, jumping up and down like he was a part of a, you know, a tag team match or whatever. I, I get it. You know, you get emotional, but dude, bro, you're like 50 something years old. You're, you're supposed to be the number one job of these coaches. You're molding young men. And I say men very loosely. These are kids. These are kids. And so that's, so that's that's all I'll say on that. Uh, I look forward to uh, Tony's response on uh, on Friday, but it's got to start to be concerning for a lot of Florida fans. That you know, what's what's he willing to do as far as you know, sully the name of the university just to get a W? So, um, okay, I, he's saying twelve thirty p.m. So I'm assuming that means on Saturday. So yeah, I, 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 I get that they're not opening it up like they normally do because of COVID, but they're going to be everywhere in the city. And then they're going to show up out outside the stadium. They're going to be in hotels. The hotels have not been shut down. They're going to be in their own, uh, you know, trailer parks and whatnot. They're, they're going to roll up. Uh, maybe some of them will wait until game day. I still, I still think, I still suspect most of them are going to show up Thursday, Friday by Friday. Sure. If you're not showing up to Jacksonville by Friday for the cocktail party, there's really no sense of even coming because the whole party happens Friday night. The football games is, is an aftermath. Thursday night, it gets rolling. Most years, Tuesday night gets rolling. It won't be like that this year with COVID and the election. I think more people are going to be dialed into the election uh, on Tuesday night, but... Um, Anyways, we move on from that college football, Ohio State, Penn State, Penn State did what I thought they would do. They got pretty much mauled. Uh, they, you know, Penn State 
I don't know why they were ranked as high as they were. I said this a couple of weeks ago. I felt like they were going off of what they've done recently. But if you looked at what Penn State had to rebuild, they lost a lot. You know, people, you know, they didn't just lose a quarterback and they didn't just lose receivers. They lost, by the way, two first round or two uh top two receivers that were drafted in the top two rounds. But they lost a lot on the defensive end front. Penn State just cannot be looked about looked at being in the same world as Ohio State. You know, the final in that game was 38-25. I never felt like it was even that close. Um once again, Fields Fields had a big day. 318 yards, four touchdown passes. And um Ohio State. They, they, to me, look like the class of the Big Ten. And then, let's not forget, Michigan falls to Michigan State. That was huge. That was huge. Harbaugh, I don't know what I don't know what's going on there, bud, but you lost all momentum from week one in a thud by losing to your in-state rival. An in-state rival that got boat raced by Rutgers the week before. Michigan State... I guarantee you this will age well. Michigan State's not a very good football team. They're going to get some W's here and there, but they're not a very good football team. So for Michigan to consider themselves top dogs and all that kind of stuff and to have a chance at a national title run, it all came crashing down Saturday. What with that game kickoff at uh, noon? So around 3.15, 3.30 Eastern, I think reality set in. Michigan lost 27 to 24 and uh, a big win for, for Michigan state to build off of, but Rocky Lombardi is not to be confused with Vince Lombardi. Rocky Lombardi is the Michigan state quarterback 323 yards and three touchdowns, but he was also barely 50%. He's not a very good quarterback. He's okay. But he's not very good. And the the other thing that jumped out at me is Georgia. I thought Georgia would put more points on the board against Kentucky. Um, 14 to 3. That shocked me. I don't know if that's a look ahead or I watched a little bit of the game. I didn't I, I didn't get as focused in on that as I was with with uh, the Clemson Boston College game that came down to the wire and Michigan, Michigan State. Those are the two that really had my eye. I had Georgia, Kentucky on, on 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 a third television, I would look over there once in a while. It looked like basically just boredom at at a high at a high. Uh, it it was extremely boring. Is 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 what I'm trying to get out. Uh, Alabama blows out Mississippi State. That's not a shocker. Uh, the fact that Mississippi State did not score is concerning. If you're a Bulldog fan, because Mike Leach was supposed to bring this great offense to the SEC, and when he went out and and shocked LSU. Everyone was talking all that smack about how he put up all these points on LSU. Well, now we know LSU's defense is atrocious. They get their doors blown off by Auburn. I mean, I I, I was at a loss for words for that one. I could not believe. I don't think either one of those teams are that great, and they blew their doors off. So that shocked me. That shocked me uh, to no end. The Clemson Boston college game did not shock me. Actually, I, I took Clemson in the points. I'm excuse me, uh, Boston college on the points. I felt like that points probably was way too high. 24 and a half points. Um, 
Honestly, if you did not watch this, Boston College is going to be an exciting team down the road. Jerkovic, uh, you know, he's he's a little inaccurate at this point, but they but they play an exciting brand of football, and Florida State's going to have their hands full. I can tell you that right now. Clemson, though, it looks like I don't know. I I don't understand why they made the announcement Saturday afternoon that Trevor Lawrence would not play the following week on Sunday. But I've got a hunch, and here's my hunch. Clemson knows that now that they escaped the BC game, you look at Clemson's schedule. They get Notre Dame, a bad Florida State team, at home against Pittsburgh at Virginia Tech. If they lose to Notre Dame, they're going to have the excuse, well, we didn't have our best player. And that's going to be in the voters' minds. They do this. I've never been one who agreed to this. I've always felt like that when you go out and you uh, put a team out on the field and that team does not win, I don't care about the loss of the injuries. You lost. And college football is different than the NFL you don't have as many participants, et cetera, et cetera. And it shouldn't be, it should never be about who is playing the best football at the end. It should be about who's had the best season that should be in there. But that's what, that's what they're doing. They're playing the, eh, it doesn't really matter card. So they're going to take the week off essentially against Notre Dame. Notre Dame gets that W no big deal. Because they'll have a chance to re have for the rematch against Notre Dame in the ACC title game. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if Notre Dame was not playing in the ACC this year and this was a true non-conference game where they wouldn't have a chance to to uh, play them again, I guarantee you, Clemson would not have ruled out Trevor Lawrence this quick. There's just there's no way in hell. There's no way in hell. So they know that they're playing with house money. If they go in and beat Notre Dame, what they've done is essentially uh, they've almost eliminated Notre Dame. And if they lose, it's no big deal because they can make it up by playing Florida State, Pittsburgh, Virginia Tech, win those three games, and then turn around and beat Notre Dame in the ACC title game, which they would have to do anyways. And they're in. From the Notre Dame standpoint, you get the win against Clemson which you're drastically going to need because if you lose against Clemson, it's going to be, you're, you're going to fall much farther in the polls than, than if Clemson loses. Cause they're going to say, dude, you lost and they didn't have their best quarterback. So that's where we're at on that. As far as, um, Clemson and Notre Dame playing this weekend, no Trevor Lawrence. And I believe that they're playing with house money in Clemson and they don't care about anything else but getting to the national title game. So they don't care if they're undefeated. Notre Dame, by the way, when, when they finish this game, here's the irony. Notre Dame could get that W or get the L. You know who's on the horizon? They play at Boston College the very next week. Remember how Boston College ruined their national title hopes in 93 when, when, uh, 
Florida State ended up getting the national title game the week after Notre Dame beat FSU at FSU. I'm sorry, at Notre Dame. Notre Dame went to Boston College. No, no, I'm sorry. It was at home. It was a home game. Notre Dame hosted Boston College, and Boston College uh, knocked him out. It was, I think it was 41-39 was the final. It was a, it was a uh, last-second field goal it came down to. Um, but wouldn't that be ironic if uh, Boston College were to knock them out? Let's say, let's say Notre Dame beats Clemson. They're riding that high. They lose to BC. They're going to have to beat Clemson twice. And that second game, remember, is essentially a home game because it's going to be in Charlottesville. I'm not not Charlottesville, uh, Charlotte. Boston College, uh, and then they get at at North Carolina, which, by the way, North Carolina loses to Virginia. What the hell's going on there, North Carolina? It's one thing to get upset one time on the road, night game against Florida State, okay, whatever, you have a bad game. You do it twice, and it's becoming a theme. So you don't like that if you're if, if you're a North Carolina fan. Notre Dame will then finish off with Syracuse and Wake Forest, which should should be wins. I don't know if I if I think North Carolina's got much of a chance of beating them now. I gave them a chance at the beginning of the season, but now what I've seen here, I don't know, man. That's that's that, that's bad action right there, buddy. That is bad action. Um, so that's pretty much putting a, a wrap on the. Uh, on, on college football on the weekend. Um, but that's why I think Trevor Lawrence is being held out. Trevor Lawrence is being held out because they know that they're, they're, they're playing with house money and it is just flat out absurd at this point. Uh, Saints bears yesterday. That was a big one. Breeze looking over the middle to Taysom Hill catches the five untouched into the end zone. They didn't even bother trying to bring him down. Touchdown for the Saints and a 22-13 lead. Placement made. Kick up by Will Lutz. It is up. It is good. And the Saints leave town victorious in overtime. 26-23. So the Saints go and pull off the win. Uh, big, big win for, for the Saints, by the way. They're 5-2. and two, Tied with the Bucks. They've got the tiebreaker. That will come to a head this weekend. This weekend. The New Orleans Saints travel to Tampa Bay on Sunday night football. I am ready for that. God dog it, COVID, stay out of the way. That's all I'm saying. We don't want any part to do with your stupid COVIDness breaking up what I think could be a classic. And really, you know, it's funny. Someone asked me about this yesterday, uh, you know, how exciting that game is going to be. And I was like, it's going to be exciting. But I hope you like defense because I th- I think it's going to be a slugfest. I I haven't pulled up the early lines yet. I usually do that on Tuesday, but um, I would be hankering towards the under because the the impression is going to be that the Bucks versus Saints is going to be a high scoring affair because the the big names Brady versus Breeze. I don't see it that way. They probably don't have the line out anyways because uh, the Bucks have not played, so they typically don't put the lines out for those games until they've played in case there's an injury. Because what if you go out there and you put the line at 51 and a half and you're like, I don't know about that one, and then Brady gets hurt and you go, oh, and someone's jumped all over it. So uh, that's the reasoning for that. Um, the other early lines, a lot of them are out. Uh, Tua Tunga Viola. 
By the way, the Bears Saints, that game, I felt like the Bears played that entire game not to lose as opposed to try to win. And they had an opportunity to win that game down the stretch. And Nick Foles is going to keep his starting job because that's how bad Trubisky's been. But that Bears defense deserves better. I think they're going to continue to keep him in there because they're five and three. They're only a half game out of the out of the first place lead. They're going to Tennessee this week. By the way, that's a yeah, that's a really good game. Um, I hate the fact that that's going to be a one o'clock kickoff because I really would have enjoyed that to be a much later kickoff to be able to watch Bears Titans. You know, but I'll, I'll be stuck at someone's house watching freaking Red Zone. So. Um, that you know that part sucks, but uh, the Bears are going to continue to go with Nick Foles, I believe, as long as they're still in the playoff hunt, and that defense will keep in the playoff hunt. They'll probably lose this week, and that'll probably take them to five and four, but they still kind of control their own destiny. Look, they're five and three halfway through the season. If they can do if they can duplicate that on the back end and go 10 and 6, the Chicago Bears will be in the playoffs. So why mess with a good thing? Because Trubisky has just been absolutely atrocious. Unless he's showing them something in practice that he's turned some kind of corner, I just don't see it happening. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll keep you updated on that. Uh Tua Tunga Viola, he started his reign in Miami yesterday. Uh, you know, the first thing that you know that you see off of this is the fact that it's not like he put up stats that are going to wow you, right? But what he but what he did do is he got the win, and that's the biggest key for the psyche of the Miami Dolphins, is that he got the win when I think a lot of people are like, what are they doing starting to a tongue of Viola in a game where they had a chance to win, they're at home, Rams, they're three and three. They're still in the divisional race. Wild card for that matter. He only put up 93 yards. He's 12 of 22. One touchdown. Honestly, he was terrible, but this is the first touchdown of hopefully many for Tua Tunga Viola. Tua, shotgun, back to throw, looking blitz. Touchdown! Parker! Boy, Tua got rid of that ball quickly. Put it right where it needed to be. How about a little Tua touchdown? How about that? Yeah. Boy, did this team need that. Now you have the answer to a, a long-time question, trivia question. Who caught Tua's first touchdown? And it's Devontae Parker. Remember, Miami had a, had a defensive touchdown. They had a punt return for a touchdown. They forced four turnovers. Tua Tunga Viola had 93 yards passing. It is the least amount of yards for a starting quarterback to get a win this season. He had the same kind of outing that essentially Cam Newton had the week before, and we killed him for it. So I'm not ready to start jumping up and down about Tua Tunga Viola. But I will say this. To get the win, and you look, your defense played well, and look, if they played well because of you, that's great. 
One thing he did do or did not do that Cam Newton has been doing, and this is the difference, he didn't turn the ball over. So Tua didn't turn the ball over, and that's huge. And you can win games like that. A Miami defense, I think, is a little underrated. I think they're, I think they're getting better. I think they're playing better every week. You know, they got a couple of sacks yesterday, and uh, getting four turnovers, you, you can't sniff at that. You, you can't turn your nose up on that at all. But he's going to have to play better football going forward if they're going to continue to win. That's all it is. He's he's a rookie. He had one game. He didn't look that great, but that is a pretty good defense he was going up against. So with that being said, I mean, Miami, they're sitting out there uh, just below the Bills in the divisional race. They go out to Arizona. They've got th- three of their next four games are on the road, by the way, at Arizona, home against the Chargers, at Denver, at the Jets. Now, those are all winnable games. I'd say Arizona's the one that I would say, uh, you don't. Let, let's be realistic. They're, they're probably not going to go out and beat Arizona, especially the Cardinals being on a bye, so they've had an entire week to prepare for that game, or two weeks at that point. Um, but beating the Chargers at home, that's, that should be a thing. Beating Denver on the road, not easy, but it's doable. The Jets on the road, it's doable. The Bengals at home, it's doable. So you look at the Dolphins now, they're four and three. They've got nine games left. And I see one, two, three, four, five. I could see the Dolphins getting a winning record. And if that doesn't put them in the playoffs, that's fine. It's a step forward. But that offense has got to play a little better under Tua. If not, I'm pulling the plug and I'm putting Ryan Fitzpatrick in. 12 of 22 is pretty bad. But it was his first game. So I, I always give people the benefit of the doubt on the first game. You can't go bonkers about the first game of the season. Um, see... What do we got going here? Oh, we got a bunch of uh, um, things here. Uh, Brian's Brian saying he incited a riot and then did his game predator as Darth Vader. <laughs> that is funny. Uh, of course, Brian, Brian's a Miami fan, so you got to take that with a grain of salt. Um and uh, congrats to his uh, Bengals on a big win. You know that's you know that you know that's a thing there when with the uh, we talked about this earlier, but the Titans blow a game they should win and came out flat once again. It's it's becoming a theme of Tennessee playing very poor first half. You can't keep putting your team back there. But let's put that aside and talk about the Bengals and the fact that the Bengals to me, are looking like a much better team than what they were at the beginning of the season. And with the rookie quarterback like Joe Burrow, who had a phenomenal game yesterday once again, uh, 26 of 37, 249 and two touchdowns, you like that. Bernard had a solid game. Higgins. um, Cincinnati 
is going to is going to surprise a few more people. Cincinnati's going to I think Cincinnati's going to have a much better second half than they, than they did the first half. Much better. Cincinnati, uh, let me see here. They they they're they're 2-5 and 1, right? So they were halfway through the season for the Bengals, they're 2-5 and 1. I'm going to call it right now. Let me let me look at their schedule real quick. Uh they go to Pittsburgh in a couple of weeks. That's a tough one. They they are on a bye week this coming week, so maybe they've got a fighting chance and they could catch Pittsburgh napping. But we'll go ahead and call that a loss. Look at the rest of the Joe Burrow. One, two, three, four. He's got five winnable games. If he wins three of those, I think I think that's a win. And if the Bengals finish with five wins, I think you got to take that as a Bengal fan. I'm going to go a little further and say that they do not lose double digits. I think I think they get to six wins because remember they have a tie. So I think six, nine, and one is very, very obtainable. If they win four of their last nine or the four of their last eight games, that's really good. It would actually be five of their last nine. So I like the Bengals to uh, surprise some people and be excited. Hopefully, by the time that Tua versus Joe Burrow happens, Tua is a little more seasoned, and, and, and we can see an old-fashioned shootout. That would be a lot of fun to watch those two teams do that. Okay, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're going to have uh, Red Raider Doug with us, and we are going to jump in head first. We're going to be talking about the Las Vegas Raiders and a big, big W that they got yesterday and a lot more here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good morning, and this is your Armchair Quarterbacks Sports Flash. A great slate of Sunday action all began with the New England Patriots falling to 2-5 under the Cam Newton era as they lost to Buffalo 24-21. New England had the ball with under a minute left inside the Buffalo red zone. Cam Newton fumbled the ball away. Two by two set. Newton takes the snap. Immediately runs to his left. Turns outside the numbers and gets inside the 15. Ball's out. The ball's out. It's Buffalo football. Cam Newton fumbles the football with 31 seconds remaining in the game. In the red zone. And the Buffalo Bills recover with a three-point lead. You have got to be kidding me. Wow, wow. Patriots are now three and a half games behind Buffalo for the division lead halfway through the season. Raiders beat the Browns 16-6. Vegas improves to 4-3. The Browns fall to 5-3. Vikings shock the Packers in Green Bay. They win 28-22. Dalvin Cook, have yourself a day. He finished with over 200 total yards and three touchdowns. Kansas City 35, Jets 9. Patrick Mahomes, five touchdown passes. The game of the day, Steelers versus Ravens. Five seconds remaining. Lamar Jackson, deep drop, steps up, fires to the end zone. It is incomplete. Looking for a flag. Willie Sneed was hit as the ball arrived. No flag forthcoming. And this game is over. Pittsburgh improves to 7-0 as they win 28-24 in Baltimore. Broncos scores 28 points in the second half to come back and beat the Chargers 31-30. Saints outlast the Bears in overtime 26-23. 
Seahawks 37-27, winners over San Francisco, DK Metcalf 161 in two touchdowns. And the Tua Tunga Viola Show, well, it's begun in Miami. The Dolphins, from help from their defense, rattle off 28 points in the first half. They hold on 28-17. Colts over the Lions 41-21. Bengals over the Titans 31-20. Joe Burrow 249 and two touchdowns. And by far, the worst game of the day, Eagles over the Cowboys 23-9. Carson Wentz had a 29.6 QBR rating in the victory. And that's your Armchair Quarterback's Wake Up Show, CBS Sports Flash. Stay tuned for more of the Armchair Quarterback's on these CBS affiliates, our Facebook Live, and the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Tap that app today. This time I'm going to kick that football clear to the moon. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio, number one sports station. The last segment of the Armchair Quarterbacks app, radio show, and Facebook Live. We're talking baseball, how these players perform, and what it means to their teams, and what to look for. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks, talking baseball. 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central, the last segment of the Armchair Quarterbacks app, radio show, and Facebook Live. Take me out to the Rays game. Take me out to the truck. Downtown St. Pete, we in Tampa Bay. We changed our name, now we changing the game. Four, it's one, two, three runs are scored, and the Rays won the game. Here in St. Augustine, Top Gun Supply is the friendly gun shop. Top Gun Supply stocks a wide range of firearms. They buy and sell used guns. Top Gun Supply at 525 State Road 16 in St. Augustine. The friendly gun shop. A proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks. The Armchair Quarterback Show. Weekdays. Coast to Coast Southern Sports Talk Radio. Find us on Facebook Live today and tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. Your first choice for sports talk live from the First Coast. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Honest Ed's Used Cars, where every car we sell is backed by an ironclad guarantee that is so complete and comprehensive that we really don't see any need to put it in writing. And remember Honest Ed's motto, if any used car dealer anywhere in the country says he can sell you the same car cheaper than we will, then he's even a bigger liar than I am. And remember, if you'd like to learn one of life's most valuable secrets, just send $20 to the announcer in care of this station. That's how we do it in Detroit. This is Sean O'Toole with the Armchair Quarterbacks. Catch me drive time with Matt McGee the Armchair Quarterbacks radio show and Facebook Live. Hey, I'm 245, right down the middle, and I'm as green left just a little. PGA is back, and the armchair quarterbacks will be covering it from top to bottom. Tiger, Lefty, Brooks, and Rory, and everyone in between. The PGA on the armchair quarterbacks. Covering the tournaments, the season is back, and the armchair quarterbacks are teeing off on the PGA Tour. I'll chill it in my way. Imaginary hat. What is this? What are we doing? So dumb. Fill it up. I'll throw it 
Welcome back to the Armchair Quarterbacks. How the hell are you, Doug? Doing well, thanks. Doing well. You look very happy in your uh, Raider gear as they get a big win, sixteen to six over the uh, the Browns. Man, I had I, I was trying to pull clips up uh, for that game, and every single one I came to, there's either music playing over the damn thing, or there was no there was no announcer audio. It was just video that I was watching. I was like, what the hell happened in this game? So I don't I don't know if, I don't know if the wind knocked out the wind knocked out the freaking. Uh, the the uh, the mics or whatever, but that's all I could find. So that's why I'm that's why I don't have any clips for the Raiders this morning. I was really pissed about that. I I wanted to get an audio clip of that goofy field goal attempt at the beginning of the game, where the ball was just. I mean that that was insane. I'm assuming that you watched quite a bit of the Raider game, or did you at least catch the highlights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched the game. I watched it. Okay, so the field goal. Where the ball went sideways because of the wind. Yeah, I've never seen yeah, anything like was, that. Yeah, it went into the wind, and when he had kicked it, it kind of turned sideways. So he hit the first, went to went to the bottom half, went to the hop, went back and forth, and then kicked itself out again. Is how it worked. That just because that ball was doing that all day, whether you were kicking it or throwing it. Yeah, they. That 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 was one of the kookiest things I've I've seen in a while. Um, the, anyways, regardless that the uh, the the Raiders found a way to win, um, sixteen to six. It, you know, it's it's not what you want to see as a fan. You you want to see more scoring or just a better played game. It was a really sloppy game on both sides, but they did get the win. And when it's all said and done, that's all you really care about. If you're a Raiders fan now. It is going to take me forever not to get Oakland out of my head. Now Las Vegas, I'm telling you, the five times I've said Raiders in this segment, it's been Oakland, Oakland, Oakland in my freaking skull. I cannot get it out of there. Feels really weird calling Las Vegas. Um, now, the, I mean, they need to change their name to the Showgirls or something for me to really know that they're in Las Vegas. Are they there to stay, <laughs> Doug? Are they there to stay? I've always said forever that they need to keep the logo but just change the name to the Nomads because that team's that team's in a new city every decade. Um, but look at them now. They're four and three. Uh, that would put them, let me see. That would put them tied with the Miami Dolphins for the third spot. Well, actually, they'd be a half game behind Cleveland for the third spot, but they're going to have the tiebreaker on Cleveland. So that's another reason why that was big, big win for Oakland. I, th- yeah. I, don't, I don't think that got talked about enough yesterday about that game being very big because there is a very good chance, a very good chance, that Cleveland and Oakland are going to end up with that game being a tiebreaker at the end of the season. Yep. I know we got a long way to go, but I'm just telling you the way the NFL has worked in my entire lifetime, that game's going to count. Whether it's yep. from a seeding standpoint or a getting in standpoint. So, Oakland's four. Sorry, there it goes again. Uh, Raiders, <laughs> Raiders are four and three. I'm going to try to just call them the Raiders, but I always have the cities in my head when I'm saying stuff. Uh, Raiders are. Uh, Four and three, and the Dolphins are four and three. After that, you've got Cleveland, who's five and three, 
T- Tennessee and Indianapolis, who are five and two, obviously one would get the division and one would not. And Baltimore's five and two. I think it's almost a given. Baltimore's going to get in, right? Uh, yeah. They're. I was actually shocked that they lost to, to Pittsburgh. I, you think if they play that game ten times, Baltimore wins it six times. It's it's that close. Uh, so I think, I think Tennessee gets in. The Colts are going to have to really shock the hell out of me, like sweep the Titans in the season series for me to believe that they're going to win that division. I have my doubts if the Colts can hang on. In other words, if I'm a Dolphins fan, if I'm a Raiders fan, I become more of a Tennessee Titan fan in the coming weeks because they're going to play the Colts twice. Yeah. Because the Titans have the ability to go on runs and, and grab that wild card, right? They've got that kind of offensive talent. But if you can put a, a neck, a foot on the neck of the Indianapolis Colts, Phillip Rivers is going to find a way to lose games. He always does. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a Raiders fan and I'm a Dolphins fan, I'm specifically talking to them, but along with Cleveland, I'm more of a Tennessee beat Indianapolis fan than the other way around because my fear would be if Indianapolis were to beat Tennessee, let's say Indianapolis got the division, Tennessee would find a way to win the wild card. And so you don't like that if you're a, if you're a, a fan of those teams. So, no. so, where, so where we're at right now, I think it's very legitimate – the Raiders have a very, very, very good chance of making the playoffs. And that win is going to be huge. I'm telling you, we're going to be talking about that for the next two months. We're going to keep circling back. Well, the Raiders beat the beat the Browns, so they got the so they got the tiebreaker on those sons of guns. Um yeah. I have not looked at the full schedule to see how these other teams will go up against each other as far as like Miami and Cleveland and Miami and the Raiders, if any of those teams you know will play each other. But Let's be honest. New England's done. That team yeah, I saw it. yesterday is not going on a run and winning. What see? They're two and five right now. They would have to win. I mean, I I think you got to get at least nine wins to get at least nine wins to get in the playoffs, right? Yeah. So you're gonna go what nine and two? Uh, I'm sorry, ten uh, seven and two down the stretch. That team's not doing that. No, they're not consistent enough offensively. Their defense gets worn out because their offense is so bad. I still think to a man that squad defensively is pretty good, but they just get worn down. Um, hell looking at the AFC, I I know we didn't plan on this, but but now I'm on a roll here looking at the AFC picture. They're going to play the jets next Monday night. I'm, talking about the Patriots that is do or die you lose the Jets man Cam Newton don't even get on the plane dude just go ahead and go ahead and go back to Auburn and see if you can be an assistant coach or something um <laughs> his Jets are terrible then, then they're gonna play Baltimore they're gonna play Houston they're gonna play Arizona they're gonna play at the Chargers and at the Rams back-to-back weeks separated by two by four days they're gonna go to Miami and they're going to finish off with Buffalo and then the Jets at the end. I don't see – I'm, I'm going to go ahead and call it New England's dead. They're done. They, how the hell are yeah. they going to pull off – they'd have to get seven wins. Two of those are going to be the Jets. 
but you know, which are book, which which are bookending the other seven games that they're going to play. They've got to win five of these seven: Baltimore, Houston, Arizona, Rams, Chargers, Miami, and Buffalo. And four of those seven are on the road. Yeah, and against team and uh, like uh, Arizona, the Rams, you're playing some of the better offenses in the league. You're just get it's just another. They're all wear out games. I mean, if if you think if they think that they can play like they played yesterday and play the Cardinals like that, that alone. I mean, even the even the Rams, you can't play like they played yesterday and, and expect to win. So can yeah, I play this song? I usually wait until later in the season to do stuff like this. But I'm going to go ahead and play this song for the uh, for the New England Patriots. Can you hear it? Ding dong, the witch is dead. I think they're done. I mean, look, it, it, I saw it yesterday. I was like, man, that really puts them in a bind. I didn't really think of it big picture. That team's not going to the playoffs. No. All right, I'll go ahead and kill that. But uh, that's that's my first one of the year. Ding dong, the witch is dead, man. It's over. Yeah. Goodbye, Patriots. We'll see you next year with someone who's not Mm -hmm. Cam Newton. I didn't realize at the time how. I mean, look, I knew they needed to win that to have a chance to win the division. But looking at their schedule, that team's not going to make the playoffs. That's over, man. It is absolutely over. Um, going on from that, what the hell did I just do here? Uh, going on from that, um, in the setup there, the, so that sets up the rest of the, uh, playoffs and looking at that. So you, so you got to put Baltimore in there and let's just assume Tennessee wins the division. So I don't have to put the Colts in yet, right? Because um, I I do think one way or the other Tennessee is going to find a way to get in, into the playoffs. So if, if Tennessee is going to find their way into the playoffs, like I said, like I said a second ago, you kind of quasi become a Titan fan if you're an Oakland or Dolphin fan. You know, look, I know the contrarian could sit here and say, oh, well, how do you know the Titans are going to make the plus? I don't know that, but I'm just looking at it from a talent standpoint. First of all, Vrabel's defenses usually get much better at the end of the year. And I still believe that when the when the cold winter months come, Derrick Henry is the guy that you want to lean yeah. on. I want to lean on him before I want to lean on Philip Rivers. So I'm going to put the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs. So we're looking at what we're really looking at here. It's essentially, I'm going to, I'm going to call, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, and add another team, but we got the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Browns, the Colts, the Raiders, and I'll, I'll put one more team in there. But they have little, little room for error, and that's the Denver Broncos. They saved their season yesterday coming from behind and winning that game uh, against the Chargers. The Chargers blew that. I mean, they blew it big time. Here's a clip as, as a K.J. Hamler, the, uh, the, the, one of the Penn State kids I was just talking about last hour, gets the game-winning catch. 
Lock, shotgun snap, pressure coming up the middle, rolling right, lock, throws for the end zone, and it's, the officials are talking about it on the sideline. They have called a touchdown. K.J. Hamler, a one-yard touchdown catch if it stands on the final play. So they, by the slimmest of margins, are still in it. Had, had L.A. had won it, I'd, I'd say I, I would flip-flop it. But that puts L.A. in a really, really difficult position to be able to, once again, we just talked about it. You're going to have to go 7-2 and two down the stretch. Uh, I don't know about that guy. 7-2 and two, when, when you're 2-5. and five, how do you how how do you magically flip that switch? Um, people always say, "Yeah, but man, they could win seven of their last nine games." And why the hell haven't they done it already? Right? Like it's just, so. You know, and, and I always I always tell people, especially with games like that, with AFC West games, I don't care how good or bad the teams are in that particular year. Both those who's ever playing, whether it be the Raiders, the Chargers, the Chiefs, teams they play each other better then they play other teams throughout the season. I so, think that's, that's pretty much across the board in every division. I think your divisional games are always the most unpredictable ones. I just do, you know. Um, it's just it's because you see each other so much, and then also some, something that a lot of people don't take into consideration, they draft. They set their drafts and their free agencies to beat each other. The Raiders do not set their draft and free agency to beat the Cleveland Browns, but you better bet that they set it up to beat the Chiefs, that they set it up to be able to beat the Broncos and the Chargers, because you know, the one thing is, if you can get some wins in your division, it gives you a better chance to, to, to get in the playoffs. And that's all you're trying to do because you're trying to save your job every year. So um, division games are always, always tough. Even like when you down the road, when – Tennessee or the Colts are playing the Texans, the Jaguars. Those are not gimme games. They're not. What, whether they end up being blowouts or not, whatever, going into the game, you got to take them seriously because. I mean, look at it yesterday. Minnesota knocks off Green Bay. Minnesota had their way oh. with Green Bay. So, yeah, they took. So, there we have it. We have six teams left in the AFC. Let's flip to the NFC and do the same thing. Okay. No one's getting a wild card out of the NFC East. No, hell. I don't no. even know if it, if, if the, if the, if the, if the, if the NFC East winner should even be allowed to be in the blast, but they're going to. So, so we eliminate the NFC East from our talk. Worse. By the way, did you watch that game last night? Yes. Oh, brutal. Worst, worst football game I have seen in a long time. College or pro. And it, it was even worse than advertised, right? Like we knew that the, the, uh, that the, (laughs) 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 we knew, we knew that game was not going to be any good, but we didn't know it was going to be that not good. My God, that quarterback for Dallas ought to be ashamed. I don't even uh, know was, what the hell he was doing at the time. I don't even know if he, if he was playing football. Did you see the goofy pass where he ducked underneath and he slung and it God's, almost like Bernie Kosar sidearm to a guy who was five feet out of bounds? What the hell was that? That was terrible football, man. That was I was just watching. Was this. Just, it's like a train wreck. I have no words. 
I have no words for that game. I just that was just I was just interested because I had a, a fantasy interest in it, and that was about it. And yeah, I God, it was the Philly defense. I had shares of Fulgham, and so I was paying attention to that, and he had a decent game, but it should have been better. I mean, dude, Carson Wentz, I'm ready to put man, put Jalen Hurts in there, see what he can do. He can't be worse than Wentz. Wentz is terrible. Wentz is absolutely yeah. terrible. I mean, God bless. And I know Peterson is very, very hellbound and determined that that's his guy, but he is just awful. By the way, good news in the stock market today, y'all. Um, looking at here, the Dow futures are up uh, 1.4%. So we're talking about 367 points in Dow. Uh, I, I I do expect it to be a big week on the market. Um, Trump has vowed that there's going to be a stimulus pack package post-election win, lose, or draw. So that's, that's, that's helping your Dow futures. But I talked about this a couple of weeks ago and we'll get back to sports. Don't bug out because the stock market did so poorly last week. This has happened every election that I've tracked all the way back to 2000. That it's always leading into the election. There's so much, I don't know who's going to win. I'm talking about the main, the, uh, U.S. Right. the the uh, presidential election, people get bugged out, and what they do is they pull their money out and they just sit. And so there's a lot of money not in the economy, and then they go back and buy. You sometimes they wait post election. Regardless, when it starts climbing like this, a lot of them are going. Well, I can't wait, man. I, I got to get back in. So good news uh, for uh, you know the economy in general, and hopefully we'll have an end to this nightmare of uh 2020 i think i think the nightmare of 2020 ends tomorrow uh i think wh whoever wins you're going to see some normalcy get back later this week where people are just going to feel like a, a once whoever lose whoever gets beat i wish they would just concede so we can get on with our lives but i think yeah. it's i mean i do think it's going to drag out maybe a week but i believe that we we as a nation are going to know by the end of tomorrow night, but whoever loses is going to be sour grapes, and they won't uh, concede until later in the week, which is a shame because right. it's it's you know, it's going to cause the rioting and all that crap. But uh, all I can say to that is, uh, don't use rubber bullets. That's all. I, I'll just leave it at that, <laughs> and I'll calm all that crap down real quick. Okay, back to the NFC. So we eliminate the NFC East in our conversation for for wild cards. So we're so there's three wild cards this year, not four, uh, not not two like there has been in the past. So division winners. Let's just go ahead and say that the Green Bay Packers are going to win the division, and let's just go ahead and admit that between the Bucks and the Saints, they're both getting in. Right? Who whoever it is when the right. division gets in. And let's say the Seattle Seahawks are the division winners. Because even if they're not with division winners, they're going to be wild card guys. I think that I actually think the best chance of them not getting the division would have been losing yesterday and the race getting much closer. But, but past that, after that loss last week, you can eliminate the Panthers. They're three and five. I just don't think they're yeah. going to be able to go on a roll. Um, 
The Falcons are going to be a pain in everyone's ass. The Falcons should probably be five and three right now, but they're two and six because it collapses. So the Falcons are, are a decent football team that are going to knock people off. But as far as from the standpoint of getting W's, Detroit needed a W yesterday to be playoff relevant. You've got Green Bay, Chicago, New Orleans, and Tampa. And then essentially the entire NFC West. That takes you to eight spots or eight teams with six spots on the line. You're going to get division winners. We'll just say Saints, Seahawks, and Packers. So your wild card, so to speak, I think you get one real contender from the Bears, one real contender. We'll just say Bucks now because New Orleans has the tiebreaker. And then all three teams in the NFC West, Cardinals, Rams, and 49ers, those five are going to be fighting for three. So you're going to have two teams that won't make it. Your best guess right now, without us laying out the entire crapola of you know every single schedule, I know, I know you don't have time to look at everything. Who does and who does? Who, who are the two teams that you think are like? Ah, I just don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Between Chicago, uh, Tampa, and anyone that's not the Seattle Seahawks in the NFC West. In the long run, down the road, I, I would say. I almost say Chicago doesn't make it. Okay. And it's it, it the second one is hard. Uh, you have to believe you either have to believe that the Cardinals are better than the Bucks. And I think the Cardinals are better than the Bucks. So I'm gonna go on a limb. I'm gonna say the two teams that don't make it are Chicago and Tampa. Really? Okay. I I definitely think Tampa makes it. Um Hell, I think the Tampa might even win the division. Um, I actually, I, 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 I'm going to say Tampa does win the division, so the Saints make it as a wild card. I've been ringing the bell for the Bears, but looking at the back half of their schedule, I knew they had to get off to a hot start, and they have five and three. Can't hate that. But looking at the Bears' schedule, it concerns me because they go to Tennessee this weekend after Tennessee's coming off a loss. I think they're going to have a hard time winning at Tennessee. They still have to play the Packers and the Vikings twice. So that's four of their games. Okay. And then outside of that, they're going to play the Lions and the Texans at home and at the Jaguars. They have to win all three of those games. Not just two. They've got to win all three. If they can win all three of those games and split the Packers and Vikings games that gives them five wins down the stretch. That would take them to 10 and six. I think that's doable. And so then that means that the NFC West is going to knock each other off because they're going to play each other so much down the stretch. Who, who, who's the one team I'm going to say that's going to make it. Right now, I think it's the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. I mean, the Rams go out and they they lose a game like freaking Miami. I mean, Tua only had 93 yards passing. You got to win those games. San Francisco, Grappolo was injured again. Kittle was injured, left the game. That concerns me. I just think 
I think there's a part of them that have a Super Bowl hangover, and there's also a part of them that they're just their offense just is not clicking this year. So I eliminate San Francisco almost immediately. I won't play the song for any of these teams right now because they all have a real, real fighting chance. If you're four and four or better at this point in the season, <coughs> you've got a real chance to make the playoffs. But outside of that, I, I don't believe in the Rams. I think they'll be a pain in the ass and they'll finish like nine and seven. Hell, nine, 10 and six may not even get in the playoffs in the NFC, in the NFC wild card. But, um, yeah. For anyone who doesn't win the NFL, I mean, anyone who doesn't win the NFC East right now, the Eagles have a leg up, but I'm not convinced that they're going to run away. Hell, Andy Dalton comes back next week. Dallas, Dallas only needs six wins. Um, Washington, yeah. Washington might pull it out. Who knows? But whoever does not win the whoever doesn't win the NFC East. The Detroit Lions and the Minnesota Vikings, the Carolina Panthers and the Air Atlanta Falcons, in the AFC, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Houston Texans, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Cincinnati, the Jets, and the New England Patriots, we play this song. They're done. They are absolutely done. Um, and I don't see any other way around that. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to finish this off with uh, fantasy football. Ooh, that's hippie talk. It's the Armchair Quarterbacks weekdays right here on CBS Sports Radio. The Armchair Quarterbacks, your first choice for sports. Here on the First Coast. We will, we will rock you. Hey sports fans, football season is here and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag has more odds and props than anyone else in the industry. Using MyBookie is simple. Just pick your team, select your odds, and collect your cash. MyBookie.ag has proven to be the most exciting online experience for all sports fans. With the fastest payouts in the industry, there's no other choice than MyBookie.ag. Get in on the action today. Visit MyBookie.ag today. Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code SKIN to activate the offer. That's promo code SKIN. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. A proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks. It's time for you to put your own skin in the game. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks Show. We're here weekdays. Drive time? Find the Armchair Quarterbacks Show on Facebook today. But I could kick your ass. I could jack your jaw. Put your flat in the dirt, boy. Hello, welcome to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Ah, uh, I just uh, wanted to chime in on all those uh, SEC wannabes. <laughs> uh, yes! <laughs> If Alabama was playing cancer, I would cheer for cancer. (laughs) (laughs) 
Armchair Quarterback Radio, your home for the SEC. Back third down on the eight, in trouble. Got a block behind him. Going to throw and a run, complete to the 25, to the 30. Lindsey's got 35, 40, run. Lindsey, 25, 20, 50, 10, 5. Lindsey's got, Lindsey's got, Lindsey's got. Second down from the three. Comes the blitz, quick flip, caught. Did he hold it long enough? The official says yes. Oh boy, is that going to be controversial. Gaffney, the freshman. My goodness. If he had it, he didn't have it very long, that's for sure. And this one's in the history books. And inexplicably, the Florida Gators go 91 yards to come from behind and edge the Tennessee Volunteers in an ending that will be talked about for years. SEC! 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 Armchair. I dare you to take a little pain. You're not going to die because you're feeling a little pain. At the end of pain is success. Pain is temporary, but eventually it will subside and something else will take its place. If I quit, however, it will last forever. On the other side of that pain is your promise. Hello, my friends. Time is here, it's the very best of all times of the year It's the reason I'm cheesing and feeling so fine It's fantasy football time Okay, we are back and it's that time it's of week, fantasy football time Where me and uh, Doug uh, discussed discuss what we're disgusted about, <laughs> basically We're going to give <laughs> our studs and duds of the week I mean, it's a short list of studs. Uh, I'll go ahead and throw out, uh, you know, obviously Dalvin Cook. Everyone knows that, you know, that he had a stud-like performance. Um, Josh Jacobs did all right, too. He didn't get in the end zone, um, but he did have 128 yards rushing. I was a little uh, disappointed that he didn't get in the end zone, but um, I had him in a lot of starts. Um I guess I, I guess the other stud, even though he didn't have a lot of yards, uh, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams got in the end zone. What, what did he have? Three touchdowns, I believe. Um, yeah. What is who? Who are your studs and duds? Of the, let, let's start with studs, and then we'll go to our complaint fest. Uh, one of my big studs of the week was Darren Metcalf, who had a. Uh, 12 receptions for 161 yards and two touchdowns. He was huge yesterday in Seattle's win. Garnished me 50 points, 50 points in my one league. Okay. Um, what else you got? Um, as far as another stud, I guess I, I, I guess I'll throw in, um, Tariq Hill, who had uh, four receptions, 98 yards, and uh, two touchdowns in there, and their win against the uh, Jets. So those were like my two big, my two big fantasy studs on my teams. Besides, uh, uh, you already mentioned him with uh, Dalvin Cook. So Patrick Mahomes had five touchdowns. Uh, Metcalf, man, he's a man among boys out there. 161 yards and two touchdowns. Um, who was the first guy that you mentioned? Uh, Metcalf from Seattle. Oh, okay. You did say Metcalf. Sorry, I, I didn't hear it. Um, Russell Wilson 
once again, four touchdown passes. Aaron Rodgers, 291 and three touchdown passes. Uh, you know, a surprise stud of the week would be uh, Drew Locke went out there and threw for only 248, but he did have three touchdown passes, so you like that. Um, T.Y. Hilton, not T.Y. Hilton, Tyreek Hill, sorry. Tyreek Hill, uh, two touchdown catches. The Cheetah also had 98 yards. And then we talked about uh, Devontae Adams. He did have three touchdowns. He had It was only 53 yards, but seven receptions. So he, he, he did not have any deep passes, but, man, they, they found him at the right time, scored all three of their Ooh. touchdowns. Um, Corey Davis, he, he had a good game, 128 and a touchdown. Uh, let me see other guys. Eh, Philip Lindsay had that one long run touchdown. So, it, it, you know, it made his day, day worth a hoot, 83 yards and a touch. And now it's time to get into the duds and they may have not have had, by the way, I'll, I'll give one other stud just because he, he was a last minute start for people. You didn't know what you were going to get from him. Uh, DJ Dallas had a decent little game for for Seattle. Only only forty one yards rushing, but he did get into the end zone, and then he added that with a receiving touchdown and seventeen yards. So a decent little game for DJ Dallas. He was filling in for the injured uh, Chris Carson. So now we get into the duds, the real duds of the week. Who, who who's making you mad right now, man? Who? What a dud did you have? Uh, one of my big, uh, just, I thought he'd be a lot better, but he plays for your team. Uh, Johnu Smith, the tight end for, uh, for the, uh, for your team, the Tennessee Titans. He's just been, he's just been, uh, he only gave me four points yesterday. That's, that was super surprising because that was the second worst, defense against tight ends and Johnny Smith didn't do a damn thing. Um, no, not a thing. You know, we, we always know that starting tight ends is a crap shoot. It's a full blown crap shoot, but in, in a matchup like that, you think you've got something you really do. I'm going to throw one at you. Zeke Elliott, man. Once again, for a guy who was drafted in the top three, top four, top five, man, the yeah. moment they've lost, and don't tell me this isn't a quarterback league, the moment they lose Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott is just trash now. 19 rushing yeah. for 63 yards. They're, they're crowding the box because that knucklehead they had out there playing quarterback is terrible. Hopefully Andy Dalton can come back and at least at least keep the defense honest because if, if, if that kid starts again, I'm telling you right now, I'm benching Zeke Elliott. I'm not even – and I had a decision to make yesterday in two leagues. I started him in one and benched him in the other. I should have benched him in both. But it, it was a really difficult decision because it's like, man, do you bench a guy that went number three, number four overall, wherever I got him, to go with a better matchup? It seems dumb. Yeah. But – I mean, it's bad, man. It's really bad. Noah Fant, 47 yards. Yeah, it's okay, but he didn't get in the end zone. It really wasn't worth it. Um, give me another dud. 
Well, I know he got hurt. I know he was a little bit injured, but T.Y. Hilton yesterday, just nothing and gone. That was a disappointment. Man, he is just... That was another... He is just turned into roadside trash. Yeah. I mean, he's like this year's Will Fuller from last year. Just absolute... I'll give you one that I'm pretty pissed about. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire against the Jets. Against the Jets. 21 yards rushing. Well, I mean, you know how, it e- how that- easy it is to score in our, in our uh, format. 4.6 points against the Jets. The Jets. So that's terrible. Yeah, that's more play calling. That was just more it convenient. Was, but it pisses you off because even Le'Veon Bell, who I thought Le'Veon Bell would actually have a nice little game, revenge against the Jets, he, he only had 5.7 points. He didn't do anything. No. He, I thought they would get out anyway. to a lead and just run the ball. And I didn't think Hilaire would have a great game because I figured game script would keep him – Get him out of the game, but you expect at least Doug. You at least expect double digits out of the guy. This uh, that, that is terrible, absolutely terrible. I don't know who I'm more disappointed in, him or Zeke. I believe I have them both in one league. Like man, there are, there are certain leagues this week that I just nothing. Cream Hunt, nothing. What did he have? Sixty six yards rushing, eh. seven yards receiving, so seventy three yards total. Didn't get in the end zone. In a game now, now that ended up being because of weather. I think if that game was if the weather wasn't the the wind wasn't as bad, I didn't take it as seriously as I should have. If the weather wasn't as bad, I think that would have been a fairly high scoring game. Um, Melvin Gordon, what a disaster he was! Twenty six yards on the ground, twenty one yards through the air. Bleh. That's not. I mean, bleh. Who the hell? I mean, good God. <laughs> he got outrushed by Cam Akers, man. Yeah, that is sad. And that's not saying anything. Cam Akers only had 35 yards rushing, but um, that's just, that's that's asinine. You got any other duds? Uh, I mean, granted, it was a weather dud, but Derek Carr was a dud yesterday, but that's, oh, you know, I know. again. I tried to stream him. I thought he would do well, but stupid. And even when I saw pregame, I was like, man, should I should I take him out? Nah, man. I still I still thought that game would be mid-20s. In, in perfect yeah. scenario, I felt like it was 35-31. And even with the wind, I thought we were, we were still looking at 24-21 type of thing. Um, that was terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Just terrible. Terrible, terrible. You get oh Darren Waller. That was another one that killed me. Yeah, AJ Brown too. didn't do crap. He got in the end zone, which is the only thing that saved him. Uh, tw- four catches, twenty four yards, and a touchdown. So he hit double digits. But Ful- Fulgham was my saving grace in some of my leagues, and he didn't do that great. He only had seventy eight yards and a touchdown. But man, it was a bad day for fantasy. Bad day. Another dud dud. Oh, Deontay Johnson. I almost forgot about him. Screw you, man. <laughs> Most unpredictable jerk in the world. I felt like I couldn't bench him. What? Even though he was playing Baltimore, I felt like I couldn't bench him 
because the week before he had 15 targets. I was like, man, then he's really involved in their game planning. He had three targets this week. I'll tell you another one. Now, I got Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. You know what he had? One catch for five yards. Amari Cooper. I'll do you one worse than that. Nelson Aguilar with an absolute zero, an absolute nothing. Absolutely two targets. Drop both passes. <laughs> I've I've got him in one of my leagues. I, was, I, I don't believe I started him. I, I picked him up uh, for depth in one of those really deep, uh, ridiculous leagues. Um, so he didn't burn me, but that's it's 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 disheartening when you see stuff like that. Uh, I got too yeah. much. Deontay Johnson really screwed me. Um, oh, this one team I'm looking at, I man, let me look at something real quick. I'm I'm curious. Uh, unless things go haywire, I believe. Let me see. I'm gonna get. You you got any more duds, by the way? Uh, the only other close to a dud that I had was uh, let me see, who was it? Uh, Henry Ruggs, but he got he got robbed out of a touchdown. They they didn't do anything with him yesterday either. In my 28 leagues, I think I might lose 15 games this week. It's, it, I mean, it is that bad of a week. It was terrible. Uh, it was an absolute bloodbath. In certain leagues, I'm like, I don't even know how the hell I'm winning this. This one here, whatever the hell this crap is, um, the team I'm playing did so poorly. Um, ooh, Galladay. Did Galladay not even play or something? No, he yeah, had he's, four he's targets, gone. no catches. Wow. That's a dud. That's the dud of the week. <laughs> he got zeroed against the Colts. Oh, that's terrible. That is absolutely obnoxious. I'm going to beat that guy yeah. uh, that I'm playing in that league. Uh, it's in it's in one of our leagues I'm looking at. Uh, David, who is, who is who I'm playing. Well, uh, um, l- listen to his lineup. Carson Wentz, nine point eight two points. Y'all, it's pretty easy to score in our leagues. We have a lot of incentives. So when you get 9.82 points in a quarterback, imagine a normal league around five or six points. Galladay, zero. Landry, 7.6. Connor it was his only saving grace at 14.1. Oh, and he got Gaskins at 12.4. Waller, Bell, Elliott. Oh, that's a... Uh, Jake Elliott, the, the kicker, <coughs> he got screwed out of that deal because after they kicked the first extra point, they went for went for two every time. So that, that nonsense is screwing people left and right. And then uh, the Bears. This team is terrible. I had a terrible performance. The only thing that saved me was Derrick Henry did get 100 yards rushing. Travis Kelsey did, did go off. And Jamal Williams had a decent game. But the rest of my team is terrible. And how the hell did Blankenship only get three points in a game where they scored 41? I'd like to know that. 
the hell was, I, I didn't watch that game because Lions versus uh, Colts is usually bad for your health. Um, but they must have been going for two or something down the stretch. Because they didn't... I don't know what the hell happened here with... with uh, I'm trying to look at this real quick as you're nodding off to sleep over there. Um, the uh, oh, sorry. Sorry. Indianapolis... I don't know what the hell happened. Did they miss the... They must have missed an extra point and then went from there. That's the only thing I can think. Of. Yeah, missed, a, missed an extra point. Then they had to go for two. And then they made an extra point. And then Blankenship, Blankenship missed two PATs in this game. Yeah. That's concerning. That game was in a dome. Might have to be dumping his ass. And he was a great kicker in college. That's the only reason why I, I, I streamed him because I figured they're, they're, they're playing in a dome. And I was like, you know what? This, this is an opportunity to score some points. I, I just looked at the fact that he stunk. He absolutely stunk. Missed two PATs in the NFL? They might give you a pass because you're a rookie, but, man, you better not do that more than twice. I mean, more than once. Man. Let's put a cap on this. Um, what's the biggest thing you took away from fantasy football this week? Mine was this. The weather played a big factor in a lot of these games. Players will adjust. Teams will adjust. It won't it won't be as bad going forward. But you better pay attention to the weather report when it comes to the wind. They always say yeah. that. That And I was just – I was hard-headed on some of my decisions this week. But they always say – that you don't worry about the snow, you don't worry about the rain, you worry about the wind. Look and see what the wind is in these stadiums. Don't worry about if you see, oh, there's 50% chance of rain. They can throw in the rain, they can run in the rain. But the wind, you can't throw in the wind, which means you can push all your defense up against, and it makes everything difficult. What was your biggest takeaway from fantasy football this week? Thank God I didn't trade trade away Dalvin the... Dalvin Cook last week, like uh, somebody wanted me to trade Hilaire to, for Dalvin Cook. <laughs> You'd be furious with me right now. You oh would be so God. furious. It, it wasn't straight up. I gave you. I was giving you more than that. You would have been furious right now. Can you imagine? Oh, I'd just be weeping through the phone. I'd be strangling you through the phone right now if I said that. <laughs> I, I thought I got the better end of that trade with Justin uh, Zeke for Michael Thomas because he hasn't played since week one. But I'm starting to think it's better off to have Michael Thomas because at least he doesn't trick you and you keep him on your damn bench and you pick someone else. Because Zeke Elliott's turning into an absolute freaking dumpster fire. I man, I, I can't take m many more years of that. I mean, many more weeks of that crap. That is terrible. Oh, my God. What a! I, I I think my biggest takeaway is thank God this week's almost over. We can flip the page the next week because this was a terrible, terrible week. For yeah, um, I know. Next week I get McCaffrey back, so yay! <laughs> oh man, it, it well we think he's coming back. Now they they. 
they were thinking about bringing him back again in the Atlanta game. I thought Aaron like, Jones would be back this week, man. They had him as a game time decision the the previous week. He almost hit the field, and then, and then he doesn't even play again this week. That's killing me in one league because I don't have Williams, yeah. and so I just I'm I'm screwed. I'm sitting here going, oh, man, I don't know what to do here. Um, thankfully, I've got uh, Derrick Henry in that league. You know, he's toting the note, but if he doesn't get in the end zone. He can't. He can't be worth two two running backs if you're if you don't get in the end zone, right? So that's that's a tough, tough, tough way to go there. Um, the uh, the uh, biggest thing that I'm looking at with fantasy football going forward is if you don't have a good running game, which is this is the way it is every year, you start feeling it come November, November, December. Yeah. You start feeling it because. Unless you have uh, incredible wide receivers, either in warm climates or they're going to play in a lot of domes, you you start feeling the effects of, of not having a running game. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always go running backs in the first round. Everyone's always like, oh, yeah, I like this receiver. And look, they're going to have good games, don't get me wrong. But when, we, when the calendar hits November, you start going, oh, God, what was I doing? Really? People who have Christian McCaffrey assume that they don't shut him down because they get eliminated from the race. Because if he gets banged up again, y'all, I hate to tell y'all, but Christian McCaffrey's not going to come back. If he gets banged up again, CMC will be done for the year. Let him sprain his ankle again or re-aggravate his ankle, and they're sitting there at three wins and eight losses or whatever. What's the point? You're going to say, go, dude. Go get healthy. We'll see you next year, and we'll get a better draft pick because you're not out there playing. Yeah. It is time to um, – oh, almost forgot. It's it's a Florida man time. Um, bringing Florida man back for the first time in uh, a, a while. What was, it, what was the last time we did Florida man? Do you remember? It's oh my god! I think it's it's almost been a year. Yeah, if it it's if it if it, it feels like it has been a year, um, that uh, I don't know if we've done it in twenty twenty. I feel like we have, but I, if we did, it was it was pre pandemic, which is really strange. We, we I think we might have missed missed an opportunity there because pandemic, man. I bet you there was all kinds of Florida man crap going on. You know, there's going to be, you know, the, you know, the next 48 hours is going to be Florida man heavy. So we should have a lot to talk about. Uh, yeah. I don't even know if I still have the clip. I, I assumed I had the clip, but I don't see it now. Oh, here it is. Just a good old boy. Never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw. Been in trouble. All right, Florida man. For those of y'all who haven't seen this before. We, Doug and I are bringing us back. Uh, it's been my fault. I've just kind of forgotten about it, and I was going through notes or something this weekend. We decided to to, uh, to bring it back. Okay, Mr. Douglas, where are you going? This just a good old sorry, boy. been a while since I did this. Me. Here we go. All right, here we go. Um, Got to get used to the, it. It goes into a totally different app. Uh, where are you going on Florida Man this week? I got a Florida man that uh, he went to the campus to because they were having a you can have a live touching experience with a, with a Florida Panther. They set him down in the cage and the Panther proceeded to, <laughs> to, 
to ma- almost maul him to death. <laughs> I see. I see. He it said, pop- "I want that tattoo." I see it pop. I see it on my screen right now. He paid one hundred and fifty dollars to do this. He paid one hundred fifty dollars to get mauled by what they're calling a black leopard. But yeah, it would be a Florida panther. I don't know why they're calling her a black leopard. But yeah, you would think it would be a Florida panther. I'm surprised they even have that experience because the uh, the Florida panther is actually an endangered species. Um, yeah, and I always say to things like that, "Good riddance, dude." <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. Trying, I'm not trying to get jacked. Um, man, can you imagine paying one hundred fifty dollars? To go in there and, and screw around with the panther and then it kicks the crap out of you? <laughs> it wasted no time. Oh my he got god. The, yeah, he got the touch he was looking for. <laughs> Let's see what I have here. Uh, this is a, a COVID relief scam. Florida man collects $1.9 million. He buys a Mercedes-Benz Ford and kept $100,000 in cash. He has been arrested as he uh, collected almost $2 million in coronavirus relief funds to cover payroll expenses for 69 employees in his scrap metal business. Instead, he, he so he had the business. Well, what he did is he didn't pay his employees. He took the money and bought a bunch of new junk. And uh, anyways, somehow the feds found out about it. Uh, there, there, there was a scandal few months ago that was involving an ex-athlete. I'm trying to remember who the hell it was, but it was the same kind of thing. And it was in Florida where they, uh, man, I wish I could remember who that was. Uh, but they, um, anyone out there listening, if you, if you remember who that was, uh, shoot me a DM. But the, the guy went out and he was involved in some, it was basically like a Ponzi scheme for COVID relief fund. And he's getting indicted. I don't know whatever happened with that story. He's either a current or a really, really recent athlete that was uh, involved in that. You got anything else? Um, another one. I got a Florida lady. I guess during the you know the height of the COVID, she had missed credit card payments, and then she went and she um, she claimed that she had made the payments. She went back in because she wanted a refund because she felt she she had overpaid, and then the uh, guy in the store told her no. We don't do it that way. I can't give you a refund on the spot. She comes back in with a pipe and she says, I'm going to get my own stimulus check and proceeds to break uh, break the uh, cash register and take all the money out of the register. <laughs> Here's my last one. Of course, this is in Jacksonville. Uh, a Florida man discovered that it really pays to clean your house. James Kinder of Jacksonville, 38. Boy, I would not want my name out there. Uh, found an unscratched scratch-off ticket for the fastest road to $1 million on his fireplace while cleaning his home. And this this, this happened last Friday. Uh, Kinder elected... He, well, long story short, it, it was a winning ticket, a $1 million. And he decided to take the one lump sum of seven hundred ninety thousand uh, before taxes, as opposed to being paid out. So he'll end up having to. He'll he'll probably end up getting about five hundred thousand off of that. But uh, it's a thirty dollars scratch off ticket that had been on his fi- fireplace for several weeks before he, re- he remembered it was there. 
That would never happen to me. Nope. I, I would have thrown it out, something. Or I would have scratched it off and I would have been like, hell yeah. And then I would have been like reading the fine print and it like expired the day before or something. It, it would be something like that. This guy bought it at the Circle K. So I'm going to start buying everything at my Circle K. Actually, scratch that uh, Shell Station because Shell Station's a sponsor now. Uh, so scratch what I just said. Uh, scratch off what I just said. Um, we don't really have much. Uh, we're kind of running out of time, so I'm going to go ahead and throw away turn back time today. Um, and um, birthdays, the only one I want to I put out here is 140 years ago today, Grantland Rice, American sports writer, one of the, known as one of the greatest sports writers of all time, from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, wrote for the New York Herald uh, Tribune. He is the guy that coined the phrase the galloping ghost for Red Grange. So uh, he was born 140 years ago today. Gary Player, by the way, is... Woo, is he really 85 years old, Gary Player? Wow. Um, wow. I didn't know. Wow, wow, wow. Really? He's 85? Coco Crisp, by the way. Remember him? He's 41. Oh, yeah. I liked old Coco Crisp. I always thought it was a really cool name. I'm assuming it's his real name. What's your walk-off for the day, sir? We were discussing it earlier, and I just wanted to point out my walk-off. We were talking about playoffs and... Circle, uh, uh, December 27th, the Raiders play the Dolphins. That will be the key to who gets that playoff spot. That's probably one of the most important games of the year, if you're a Raiders fan or a Dolphins fan. When is that game again? I believe that's December 27th. It's one of the last games of the season. Okay, so that's week, that uh, be- that's a week 16. That's, uh, yeah, that's a, I, or week 15. It's a week 15. Is it, is it week 15? Okay. Um, yeah, but that's an, impo- that's, an impo- that's an important game because that'll decide. That'll really – I think that's where your uh, your wild card be decided because I think the Dolphins and the Raiders will be the fighting for that spot like we talked earlier. And they have to play head-to-head. That's a uh... – That'll be a big day for fantasy too, because um, no, it, it is. It's it's week sixteen. It's week sixteen. Oh, okay, okay. December twenty, yeah. okay. December twenty right. seventh, and they'll be at home against the Dolphins. It looks like. Um, strangely enough, it's got. Nah, that's got to be wrong. It's got as a one o'clock game, but there's no way that's true. Um, strangely enough, the week before uh, a Thursday night game, your uh, Raiders will be hosting. Look, here you go. This is this is where it's at if you're a Raiders fan. So not only did you get the big win yesterday, but you got a big game coming up against the Chargers. But here's how you finish your season off. After playing at Atlanta and the Jets, you need to win at least one of those. Uh, I would say it'd be favorable to win two. I think. Kill this. Um, damn, Waylon Jennings trying to w- w- wail over me. Um, I think the Raiders are going to make the plus, but this is where their bread's going to be buttered. They finished the last three games of the season all at home, all against wild card players. 
Indianapolis, the Chargers, and Miami. If the Raiders win two of those, I think they get in the playoffs. Yep. And then the two weeks before that, Atlanta, Jets. So you got at Atlanta, at the Jets, at home against Indy, L.A., and Miami. There's a good chance you go 4-1 and one there. If you go 4-1, and one, I don't see how you don't make the playoffs. Nah, I agree. They still got one more test against uh, Kansas City. It's a Sunday night game. In the next two weeks, they're at the Chargers and home against Denver. Even if you go one and one, hell, you 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 might be able to go zero and two there and still win because that is by far one of the easiest stretches I've seen to end the season. So uh, Vegas is in really good shape. Uh, my walk off is tonight. We got uh, Tampa Bay versus New York. Um, take the under. I'm telling you, I think that's going to be a slug fest. I think that Tampa Bay defense is going to be all over Daniel Jones, and I think. Tampa Bay will methodically win. I'm going to call it 27 to 10. What say you on the score? I agree with you about the defense. It's just going to harass them all day. I I was going to say 30, 20. I hope you're wrong because I'm planning on taking the under. We'll see. It's, it's a 45 right now. <laughs> it's, 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 it's 45 <laughs> right now. I hope it's not 30 to 20. I'm going to, I'm going to be kicking television sets at the end of the night. If it's 30 to 20. <laughs> All right, brother. We'll see you next, uh, Monday. Great job. Alrighty. Tomorrow we'll have, uh, uh, Justin will be back and we'll have a uh, Steven church as well. We'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. (laughs) Armchair Quarterback Radio comes your way every day. Find Armchair Quarterbacks Radio on Facebook today. And don't forget to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app is free to download, and you can take us anywhere you go. You can hear the whole show every day on Armchair Quarterbacks app. you haven't downloaded it yet, the Armchair Quarterbacks app is the best app you can tap today. Google Android, Apple iPhone. That's right, download it, tap that app today. You can take the Armchair Quarterbacks app anywhere. Free to download, free to use, and important to have. Download it today. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. The best in Southeast sports talk. Listen live or catch the replay. I kind of like